Hey fam, I'm your host, Catherine Ann, psychic medium, self-worth coach, and true crime addict. I gotta say, I don't like the hey fam thing, probably won't do it again, but um, my friend Chelsea is back this week to co-host yet another episode. Hey Chelsea! Hey, thanks for having me back. Totally happy to have you as always. So before we get started, I do want to say thank you to Chelsea because she's helped me out so much these last few weeks and is taking on a much more involved role with the research and the show and bringing cases to my attention. And it is so valuable with how crazy things can get at home. We really couldn't decide who to go with this week. And by we, I mean, I kept jerking her around a lot. But when we officially came to a conclusion, um, we had to go with a lesser known case that was brought to my attention by another intuitive friend of mine. And I mean, let's get into it. So 27-year-old Raja McQueen seems to have lived 1,000 lifetimes in her 27 years. If you scroll her social media, you'll see posts about how she wasn't always on the straight and narrow, but she was now, and she had God to thank for that. And I'm going to start right here and say that there's not a lot of information on this case. So this may be a shorter episode, and I know Chelsea did some research too, there's not a lot, right? No, there's really, I mean, it's disappointing how little there is. And this is exactly the problem that we're seeing pretty much for anyone who isn't a missing white person. It's that these cases don't get the attention that they should. And that is where I know January, we did a lot of really fun cases. And I know this one comes out on the, at the end of January, but we are launching right into Black History Month and sharing BIPOC cases again. So, which is something we deviated from in January, but we're getting right back to um, BIPOC as murder and mediumship will go. So, finding any kind of information on this, even though it's a newer case because it just happened in uh, July of 2021, June of 2021, excuse me, there's still, there's not a lot of information and it is still quote an ongoing investigation. So if there is information that I don't feel is appropriate to share, I will not. And we will not be sharing names of anyone that is not already named by police or anything like that either. So Raja was a mother to two young boys, and she. it seems that she was recently divorced. And again, a lot of articles share the same information over and over and over again, but you can see in her social media as well that she talks about being engaged, and then later she talks about being divorced. A mother to two young boys and recently divorced, Raja depended on her family a lot for support with raising her boys, and she was fortunate to have such an involved and large family. She was the youngest of six girls, and I don't believe her two young boys were from this brief marriage. I believe that they were from a previous relationship, at least from what I could tell. But again, I'm saying I believe that they were. I don't know this for a fact. So her two boys were staying with her mom a lot so that Raja could attend Rosedale Bible College about two hours away from her hometown of Cleveland, Ohio. And from what it looked like, this was a very happy arrangement. Raja was studying music there, and if you look through her social accounts, you can find links to Apple iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and various other platforms to hear her worship music, which was more of a rap style. Um, pretty cool, though. I was listening to a little bit of it just to get a feel for what she was doing, and she was definitely not bad at what she did. And her faith was something she shared pretty openly from what I could see on social media as well. So... We're going to do things a little bit differently this time. 
I want to share a little bit of what I felt about this case and what I saw about it before divulging anything that we can find online about what actually happened. So at this point, Raj is still labeled a missing person, though she is labeled as being in danger. When I look at her picture and I connect to her energy, it's it's before doing any research, of course, this is, I see a male who is very angry with her. And I feel like this seething jealousy. I get, he feels very tall to me too. And if you've ever had a reading with me, you've heard me say that physical size can be indicative of their personality, the size of their personality. But in this case, I feel like he's actually a very tall man. It could be that he just had an overbearing personality, but I think he was big. And uh, so I get the sense of like this, like nauseous feeling, right? And kind of that, that sentiment of if I can't have her, no one can. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, for sure. Are we thinking that this is like baby daddy or like ex-husband? I think more of an ex than like baby daddy. Um, okay. And I do. So So with this, I also heard, I audibly heard, you don't cut me down. I cut you down. Know your place, woman. And it just felt like, I mean, those words alone are very oppressive, but it felt very commanding and oppressive. And ultimately, I feel like this person was a wolf in sheep's clothing for her. He presented himself as a very compassionate, well-mannered, hardworking person, but ultimately was a snake. So he was both emotionally and possibly physically abusive, even if not to the point of like black eyes and hospital visits. I get the sense of the grabbing of the wrist and like forcing someone to move where you want them to go using force and intimidation in that way, but then charming others with his slick smile. Honestly, it kind of gives me the vibe of my ex-husband who would be like Mr. Um, Chivalry in front of everyone else, Mr. Charisma. And then he was such a jerk behind closed doors and jerk is like the nicest way possible of saying what he really was. But that's kind of what I feel around this person. So I feel like they were in her not-so-distant past, and this is who would have been, in my mind, responsible for her going missing. And I hope I'm wrong, but I do feel like they're looking for a body rather than a missing person at this point. And I kind of feel like the family thinks the same thing, too. I saw a couple reports where they were saying they want her back no matter what that means. They just want to be able to give her what she deserves. So, again, I hope I'm wrong, but what I get with this with this image is that they are driving to like a warehouse style location. And if it's not a warehouse, think like garage or some larger building with cold concrete floors or blacktop floors, not a finished floor kind of um, deal, not a finished off looking place either. It looks like a warehouse or a garage would. And the thing is too, I do want to say after doing some reading and looking at where they were, where she was last seen and then where her vehicle was later seen, which we'll get into, it almost seems to me like it would have been closer to the water and like a warehouse or like a boat launch or like something over there. Um, and I don't think I even said this. Hello, amateur hour that they're in Cleveland, Ohio. So there, there, there is water nearby. There are the, it's a great lake over there, isn't it? Wow. Don't ask me about geographical things. I have no idea. I'm so bad at that. Listen, 
I would like to um, put another disclaimer here that we are coming in at the end of what was supposed to be a week's vacation to celebrate our anniversary in New Orleans. We ended up having to go to Charlottesville, Virginia, where we were going to cruise through a bunch of wineries, hit some breweries. That was on a Monday that we left. On Tuesday, my husband was sick as a dog, not feeling very well at all. So we didn't do very much there. And then Wednesday, we left to drive back down here now to Virginia Beach. When we got back to Virginia Beach, all three of my kids were sick. And seriously, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, most of Saturday, they were all sick from some sort of stomach something going around. And yeah, we're in the throes of parenthood this week. So I feel like things might be a little out of sorts, but the information is here, you guys. It's 100% there. Thank you. Okay. So, like I said, I hope I'm wrong, but after looking into it a little bit more, I do feel like part of this route involves something near water, and this larger building kind of makes sense, too. I wish I knew someone who lived in the Cleveland area so I could kind of chat with them about what it looks like out there. But regardless... um, Once they get there, I feel like there's some sort of struggle between the two of them. And the police already have him on their radar. But let's get into the story and the chain of events from there. So Raja was home between semesters at Rosedale. Her mom actually has stage four cancer. And part of her being back there was not only to help her and the boys out, but to help her mom out and to enjoy as much time as possible with her. So you can see, too, like... Grandma wanted the boys around. She wanted to be with her family as much as possible, right? So anyway, according to various reports, on June 25th, 2021, Raja told her mom that she was going to meet a friend of hers. And I haven't been able to find the time of day exactly, but I get the feeling it was like late afternoon, early evening. And that night, around midnight, Raja checked in with her mom and said that she was still with said friend. This was the last time that anyone actually spoke to her. But the next day, on June 26th, around 7.30 in the morning, she was seen on um, on video at a, what am I trying to say, on security, at a gas yeah. station on the corner of East 131st Street and Harvard Avenue in Cleveland. If you look this corner up, it is a Sunoco station. Um, a male is seen, I don't know if that is relevant, but it's a Sunoco station, and a male is seen in the driver's seat here. So later that day, around 11.40 in the morning, this is about four hours later, her Nissan Sentra was seen on a traffic camera at the corner of Broadway and Union in the city of Cleveland. She was not in the vehicle at this time, but the same friend was still driving. Chillingly, there was also a bullet hole in the passenger door of her vehicle. And now... Did you... Sorry. Did you also read that um, apparently the license plate was removed as well? Thank you. In a couple of articles, how crazy! So at this at this point, though, what I want to say about that bullet hole is, I feel like this is where the struggle took place. Like she already knew something was going down, and I think that was like a fight right there, where she was trying to get a handle on something or help herself out, and I feel like that may have been like an accidental fire into the car itself at that point. Um, Again, this is just intuition and things can be interpreted. I won't say just intuition because I don't want to minimize what it is that psychics and mediums are capable of. But in this instance, without having someone to corroborate, I can only go on what I feel and what I see. And it's very possible that something gets misinterpreted. But I really, like, I feel that struggle. I feel like I see him grabbing her wrist. 
So she and her car have not been seen since then. And she never showed up to work either and took her job as a certified nursing assistant very seriously. And I I believe that she was doing mostly home care visits. Her phone is also going straight to voicemail. Never a good thing. I feel like none of this is like a good sign, unfortunately. I know. And it's it's just so sad because I feel like in this, she was trying to tie up so many loose ends and trying to just make peace with a lot of things. And if you look at pictures of her or you watch videos of her over at this Bible college, like she was vibrant. She was really loving her life. And I feel like she was coming from a place where she made maybe poor decisions as a younger girl in her late teens and early 20s. But she was taking such accountability for her life and creating such a better existence for her and her kids. And it's really evident in the community outpouring as well how much she meant to everybody there. And it's so, so sad to see that these women are not spoken for just because of the color of their skin. They're not seen on national TV. And that makes me so angry. We're going to take a quick advertising break. And we are going to shamelessly plug myself, as I always do, and let you all know that applications for showing up for your self-worth are now being accepted. This is an eight-week group program in which we deep dive into the fears that hold us back from living our lives to their fullest potential. Together, we learn how to actually take care of ourselves and how to, quote, pour into ourselves, as this is something we hear we need to do more of all of the time, but what that means is lost on so many people. So this is the accountability, the foundation, the how-to manual for how to love yourself again, or maybe even for the first time ever on how to live a happier, more fulfilled, less anxious, and more loving life. Spaces are limited, so apply ASAP and we'll connect one-on-one to see if this is just what you're looking for to break past your limiting beliefs and to restructure your life for the better. During those eight weeks, there's also the opportunity to connect twice, one-on-one for a more personalized spin on everything we do within the group. And this is the second time I'm running the group and likely won't be holding another until fall. So don't drag your feet, get on it. All right, back to the business of the bad stuff. First off, like we were just starting to say, this should be garnering a lot more attention than it is. A lot more attention than it is. And let's even throw in the domestic abuse possibility here. We saw this with Gabby Petito, and it it created such a, a temporary outcry to be more aware of the signs of domestic abuse, right? And her family is actually scared that she was in communication with someone who she had been in a possibly abusive relationship with. This lines up with what I saw as far as the person responsible for it felt like an ex of hers. And it was someone who she had finally seen in their true colors. Like I said, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think that this is why she ultimately called it off. Now this quote friend that is mentioned, apparently police have been in touch and nothing came of it. He's been cleared. Or she. They never said male or female. I'm going to go ahead and say male though. I'm not sure if I buy this notion. I think maybe they're keeping their eyes on him regardless of what they're seeing publicly. And I, I do think that this is a really good time to bring up what happened in August of 2021 when Gabby Petito went missing and the world suspected her abusive boyfriend of having everything to do with it. Well, where's the media outcry here? We need to do better. Racial injustice. It, it, and it really is. It's really, it's that simple. And fixing it is honestly 
so simple. So I don't, I, I mean, I don't mean to downplay the issue as a whole and saying that it's simple, but it's literally just giving them more attention, giving these cases more attention, giving these families more attention and getting their faces out there. So as we continue, police are notified and her family really feels as if they're not getting the proper response from the police. So they report their daughter missing, their sister missing, and Imagine their pain watching the entire nation cry out when Gabby went missing just a month or two later while they're asking for more boots on the ground looking for their daughter, mother, cousin, sister, friend. They're saying that they don't believe that any one person deserves any less or more attention than another, but that what their daughter is getting is not okay. It's not the same and it should be more. So her family's upset that the same urgency isn't felt by the nation to find Raja. And as we've seen on this podcast, this isn't a new struggle for the BIPOC community either, but it's absolutely one that needs to shift. We talked about this with multiple other cases. According to her sister, Shamir, Raja's family began canvassing the Cleveland area, again, before police, which is not atypical of this sort of situation. So they're handing out flyers, putting up posters... Sorry. I said, how traumatic, like to have to do that yourself and take the initiative when you're already like struggling emotionally and whatnot right. with like this. this and the, the mom has stage four cancer. Like, come on, she right. doesn't need this on her plate. So they're out there handing out flyers and putting up posters everywhere and even going door to door, which isn't even safe. And Shamir brought up this friend of Raja's and that she had reached out to him. Again, it hasn't been verified male or female. I'm leaning hard on male. But this friend of hers claimed to not have seen Raja since Thursday, June 24th, and then changes his mind to say that, yes, he did actually see her late Friday into Saturday, but hadn't seen her since. The problem with Thursday is that it's a day too early. He knows now that he was seen on camera driving with her vehicle, driving her vehicle. So better cover himself and say, oh yeah, he was with her, right? That's what I take from it, at least. Very shifty. So if he saw her late Friday when he when she called her mom to say that he was she was still with her friend, and then early on Saturday, then he was admittedly one of the last people, if not the last, to be seen with her. This just it's just not adding up. So Three weeks after her disappearance, a prayer vigil was held for her in Woodhill Park in Cleveland. At the time, they were asking for more help from the police and still are asking for more help from the police, more attention from the media. The local Cleveland news didn't even pick up the story until those three weeks had gone by. There's so much information that can be lost in that amount of time. And meanwhile, Gabby was gone for seemingly seconds and was plastered all over the media. So... Again, don't misunderstand me. Gabby deserved to be all over the news. Anybody would deserve that, just like Raja does. And just like so many other missing men and women of color who do not make it to national news coverage or even state coverage. In a video on Court TV, Profiling Evil, which is also a podcast, you hear her family talk about how there's an unspoken rule of, quote, if you see something, don't say anything. And I feel that connects again to like the Destiny Harrison case and the Charlene Holmes murder as well. But Raja's family contends, if you see something, say something, because that could be your daughter. Her family is receiving minimal updates from Cleveland police, but wants them to do more. 
ultimately this see something, don't say anything. I believe what they're referencing is the typical, like, don't trust the police. Don't say anything to them. Don't report anything you've seen because you're going to get yourself in trouble just for doing so. And it boils down to not trusting the police, which they have every right not to trust because look at right in this situation, they're supposed to be receiving help from the police and they're not getting enough. They're not getting the same effort put into it as any other white person who's ever gone missing. It's tragic. I would be willing to say though, do you have any thoughts you want to share on the case before I say what I think is going to happen? I was just going to say it's very tragic and I know not a lot of people know exactly who I am, but I um, am currently a foster parent. And I have experienced racial injustice or gotten to witness it firsthand here recently um, with a foster child that used to be in my home and went to the home of an African-American woman and was having some struggles last weekend. And until I got there, a white person to like corroborate what she was saying about this child who was having some behavioral issues. The police were like about to arrest her for not parenting appropriately until me, this white woman comes in and says, no, 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 I had the same issues. This was going on. But I mean, and the issues have continued to escalate. And this woman is so fearful to contact the police for assistance because of how she was treated. Um, And I 100% (laughs) see it and, you know, have been witness to it. And I almost feel embarrassed that I was there and as a white woman was able to say exactly what she was saying. And then it was fine. Like it was insane. That's sick. So I feel for the BIPOC community. Like, I I don't know. Because you shouldn't have had to step in to say, yeah, she's telling you the truth. That's such bull. And God forbid, if I had not been five minutes away from this woman's house, I don't know what would have happened that night. Yeah. No kidding. Did she have to reach out to you? She did. She called me and luckily I showed up like right around the same time that the police did. But like the way that the police officers spoke to her compared to how they spoke to me was absolutely insane, completely inappropriate. And like I got my first like real face to face experience with privilege like that. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly that's exactly where people need to understand that this idea of white privilege, it's not just in like a financially privileged way. It's literally it just what you were saying right there. There's this woman opening her home up to foster care. And I personally know your story and what you've been going through with this specific foster child. And it's been a nightmare. And the way that you're describing that, that she's sitting there pouring from her own heart and then almost being punished for it when really it's the system Mm -hmm. that's failed this little girl over and over again anyway. That's exactly, that's so sad. That is tragic. And and this is exactly what we're talking about when we say that this is privilege and that these are the moments where we have to stand up and say like, this is not okay for you to talk to me like this. And like a a woman of color in that way, you should be speaking to us the same way and you should be believing her story just as much as mine because you weren't even there right yeah it it was completely insane and I feel like so many people of color experience this on a day-to-day and it makes it hard to go to authorities because they are not taken seriously unfortunately because of the color of their skin and it's incredibly frustrating and I don't want to say that all police officers are this way of course but 
but it's, it's a common it thread. It seems to be, yeah, it's a common thread for sure. It's a common thread and it's exactly what we're seeing over and over again in the media like this. I mean, this happened right before Gabby Petito and here is this perfectly beautiful woman going back to college and bettering her life and and using her story. If you scroll through her social media too, she uses her story to show others that they can do the same. In one of her posts, she says that she was clearly always a preacher at heart. And it struck me, it just struck me to see her speaking about how she had gone down this road and she had been in like a marriage and she ended up divorced and it was this really painful experience, but she was here to be a voice for others who were going through these struggles to show them that God could hold them up in the same way that she did. And she's here seeing that she is meant to help others and preach and use her music and her experiences to better the lives of other people as well. And that vulnerability takes such braveness. It takes, it's such courage, right? So Mm -hmm. it's even more tragic to see someone spreading so much light taken in such a tragic way and, and with no answers for the family at all. So with that, I do want to say Crime Stoppers is offering a $5,000 reward for information that leads to Raja or to the identity and prosecution of anyone involved in her disappearance. That link will, of course, be in the show notes. I intuitively want to say, like we said, this is as far as the information goes. This is all that we have right now. The case is only about seven months old, so hopefully more information will come as the months go on. Hopefully, police keep her family up to date on things. I do believe that the last person seen with her is likely the culprit. And I know that's kind of an obvious statement to make, but I I feel in my gut that that is who was responsible. And I do also believe that she will be found. I heard very clearly while I was scrolling, she will be found. And I would be willing to say that this would be around springtime of 2022. And if you know me doing readings with me, I don't put timestamps on a lot of things because so much can shift, but I do feel that they will find her. It'll be closer to springtime. And I do think that the person responsible will be brought to justice as well. There's information that we definitely aren't privy to that's going to be basically the nail in the coffin for him. And I'm telling you, I feel it in my bones that he will pay for what he did. I really believe that they're waiting for some more physical evidence to surface, such as like her body or her vehicle. And I think that arrests will be made once that happens. But while I'm saying that, I meant to say as well that I do, I feel like her vehicle, I don't necessarily think that's going to be found. I feel like it was scrapped. I feel like it was stripped for parts and scrapped. I maybe I'm wrong there too, but I don't think they're going to find that vehicle intact in a way that is going to be um, helpful. I mean, that would be the way to do things, I guess. Right? Strip it. No one get any ideas, but. Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't that kind of podcast. Middle-aged women who listen to crime podcasts are probably like the most likely to get away with murder at this point, right? (laughs) I know. My husband's so fearful every time. (laughs) As he should be. So truly, truly, you guys, get on Get on social media, make an uh, like publicly outcry for these women to be found, to have more media on their cases, to pay more attention to the missing men, women, and children from the BIPOC community because the shift is coming. Big things are changing, and 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 like the motion is here. 
but listen to me stammering over my words today. But essentially, the more people behind it, the more people pushing it, the more power it's going to have. And the more that you stand up, if you are a person who is not of color, if you are a white person, when you see or you hear these racial injustices happening, it is your job to actively oppose it, not just to passively watch it. So speak up. When you hear someone say something racist or you hear someone, you hear of someone doing something racist, it's just as bad to passively let it go as it is to actively participate in it. So start speaking up. Start speaking up and voice that it's not okay with you either. That's my soapbox for today. I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. If you have any information, the link to the Cleveland Police Department will also be in the show notes and stay tuned through the rest of February because we have a couple of big name cases coming up this month and a bunch of little ones too. So pay attention. And if you are hearing this before Monday evening, January 31st, 2022, then you still have time to get in on the John Wayne Gacy interview live on the Patreon at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If it's any later than January 31st, then See ya. Maybe you can catch the replay after joining the Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you guys next week on Murder and Mediumship.